Levac and guys, remote locations, but hopefully a decent show. I make no promises. Happy Saturday morning, everybody. Uh, welcome, welcome, one and all. Uh, of course, uh, thanks to Tech East Tuesday, we still kind of take over the Tech East Facebook page whenever we want. We're on there. Uh, of course, Godzilla Media YouTube. And, of course, Gaz's Twitter because he's a megalomaniac. Two Zs because he's too full of himself for just one consonant. Um, listen, I, it's weird. I feel like we should start talking about the sports that are playing. But, guys, why don't we start with will there be baseball? I, I, have, been, I have been so sure that it was going to work out um, that I never really allowed myself to even entertain the thought that they wouldn't get it done. Um, I've, I've, a little doubt has creeped into my heart. A small amount of, dart, of doubt has, has creeped in there. A dart in my fart. Um, I just want to now say art words, but, uh, but still, we're only going to miss those two series, right? They're going to get this done, aren't they? Uh, that's not the sound I wanted to hear from you. I don't feel as confident. <laughs> uh, nothing has changed, unfortunately, for me to think like there's some big breakthrough besides the occasional tweet from a major league baseball writer, whether it's past and Buster only or Bob Nightingale of, we think they might've settled on this thing. Uh, it, it seems like they're okay with these two things. That just hasn't happened where I feel like we're closer than before. It still feels like the same timeline of owners are okay with missing April. They're okay with missing May. As long as they get the most money possible out of the playoffs, they're happy because they're making money. And they continue to stick it to the fans who would be hanging out this spring watching the games and saying, sorry, uh, it's not going to work for us. We just want to make as much money as possible. I don't know what progress has been made, and maybe that's the art of the deal, the art of a, a back and forth. Don't let the other side know what you're ready to compromise on so you get as much as you want. Maybe that's the game we're at at this point. You know, it's the theory that they don't care about April because people don't really go to the games in April does seem to have some kind of validity to it at the moment. So let's go with that. Let's go with... I'm not paying a stadium staff. I'm not paying this one. I'm not paying that one. And then I don't have crappy attendance for April. No big deal. It's a wash anyway. Um, if that's real, when do they start ramping up? Is it? Are we looking at May first? Do you just push everything to May? Is that is that where it is? But remember, the players say we want we want to be paid for every game, and and the owners like screw you. You don't play. You ain't getting paid. So I, I just. If, if that's real, if it's literally like, well, it's it's a net negative to play games in April right now because we don't get enough attendance, <clears throat> is 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 when do they play? If that's the real thing, if that's the major like leverage the owners think they have, is is it May first? Is it the last week of April? What are we looking at? It feels like it's June. I don't want to say June. Uh, I don't you can't say, say June. June. I feel like it is though. Like June's, June's not the answer. June's here, not the answer. What... Here's what they want. If they can figure out a way to continue to make the regular season more exciting, more must-watch, more every game means something. Like, right, if you're a a baseball fan, baseball owner, baseball executive, you probably are so jealous of the NFL every single day because of four-team divisions. Every game means something. The fans are invested. It's quick. It's simple. Every game means something. Uh, We're in March now, right? Like, when March Madness hits, and especially these conference tournament weeks, that's the, the great part of March Madness. Every game, every shot, people can't get enough of it. What baseball has is that, okay, if it's a uh, early June game, I guess I'll use my Orioles, but maybe not the best example. If like <laughs> it's the Orioles versus the Royals, 
traditionally with 162 game season, no one's going to be like, you got to watch it. It can't miss baseball. Eh, not the case. Like the last couple of years in baseball, you and I have been able to do this. We've been able to look at the standings in mid-May, early June, and say, here are the playoff teams. Here are the teams that are going to the division. The Rays are always the hardest because you don't know what the hell. And the A's, right? Like the, the Rays right, and right. A's. Those right. two teams, like at some point, they're going to get good. But besides that, we don't really know. And you're able to figure it out. Baseball is like, we don't want you to know the playoff teams way in advance. We know all these teams are trying to like build for the future and have minor leaguers. We don't want that. We want this to be as competitive and to have people care as much as possible. And what's the best way to get to that point? Now, I don't hope, I hope that's not the future. Like having less of something for your business model is a weird strategy in 2022, but maybe that's what baseball looks at for the future. Well, it's very corporate. It's very corporate. Like, well, sure. I'm not, I'm not bringing in a certain amount of income, but I'm not, you know, I don't have those expenses now. I don't have to worry about that. Um, I will, as in, this isn't my plea, um, as an upstate New Yorker, it can be 30 degrees outside. If I turn on the television and spring training is going on, my soul gets warmer. So just if you could, what little soul I have left baseball, if you could just at least, at least just start funneling me videos of the guys training, like let them in just to train. So I can see it and my like the serotonin in my brain starts to to fire. That would be great. This is when you know you're obsessed with everything. Like you love your game. Uh, our guys at Inside the Walls podcast. That means more National Arena League football for me. Like, but we still we don't kick off until April 23rd. There you go. And then I got the helmet up there. Look at that, huh? Um, I got an old AFL football over on this side. You know, um, I yeah, I I, I can do both. I. You got to remember, everything I do, I eat, sleep, breathe National Arena League right now. I would love a 7 o'clock backyard. Even in the cold, I'd do it, or the front porch. A little bourbon, a little cigar, listen to a game, even a spring training game, just to recharge the freaking batteries. Just, I mean, that's what got me through terrestrial radio, was sitting out in my backyard and listening to the game. So I, I just I, – I want – I want baseball. I just need some. I just need the videos of, of like pitchers and catchers reporting. I don't even care. Just give me, give me that video. Give me the boys of summer on TV and not a rerun on the Yes Network. That's all I need. That's all I need out of the world. That's all baseball fans want to see their sport being played and not being chopped up by billionaires and taking it away because they're battling for greed and everything else. And by the way, by the way, uh, inside the walls. The invitation still stands. I've personally invited myself on your podcast. You just say when you want me on, and I will come on. So the invitation still stands. I'm inviting myself to your show. I'm relatively positive that inside the walls, they tune in, make a comment, get a free mention, and they tune back yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, like, I think they. I think they sit there and they go, "Are they talking about the empire? Are they talking about you know the predators? Are they no? All right, peace out. Like." Did they did they say inside the walls? Boom. Let's go. All right. We're peace out. Peace out, Girl Scout. Let's Very go. football on the no of them, isn't it? Very football on the no. Oh. Ask a question about themselves and then get right out and get the plug. I I don't know if inside the walls uh has has reached the football on the no level of, of cheap pop yet, but they're definitely like in contention. And I'm like uh, I'm gonna have to like start tuning in like all the time to them to see if they are at least mentioning us once in a while. Like I think a little quid quid pro quo, it, it's uh you know is it, is all I want. It's like you you leave and close in your coach's office. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's here now, so I can't do that anymore. I have to be a good boy now, and it's uh, it's no longer in there. So uh, yeah, Coach Morales is boots on the ground. He 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 um 
we met with some uh, some potential sponsors and and other things, and it's cool to have Coach around. Miss, I miss seeing my 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 boy. And shout out to the video you guys made, Jamie and your team over there. What an awesome you video go. you guys posted on social media about Coach's life, a little background of him and everything else. Really cool stuff from you guys. She's she's doing a great job in there. Um, I'm a little afraid because her predecessor is in town, so I don't know if there's going to be like a like a media street fight between Lindsay Ooh. and Jamie. <laughs> don't go there. I thought they both worked for me at one point. Nah, brawling, <laughs> brawling, steel cage. By the way, Lindsay, text me back. I gotta get, gotta get a hold of her. <laughs> She's here. She's in all town. Right. Tell her Gaz is looking for you. No, I'm not gonna do that. Uh, all right. So baseball. It's funny. The majority of people. Uh, it's just like, eh. like that's what baseball's done to itself. Most people are like, eh. I, I'm the one over here going. I just like. I, I, I think I just lump it all in the pandemic. Like, you've taken so much from me. Give me my freaking baseball back. Have you seen my baseball? I wanted to use that as a graphic so much. Why not? Uh, okay. All right. All right. About Mary. No, that's right. Nobody gets offended here in the podcast lane. That's a good thing. Before we get okay. into non-baseball stuff, and hopefully one day we'll actually talk about baseball, I want to tell you about our friends over oh, at Mohawk. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold the gun. How dare I? Inside the walls, guys. This is Jim. And, yes, you are more than welcome to join. Oh, how nice of them. Very cool. Apparently I'm not. Whatever, Jim. Thanks for nothing. Sure. <laughs> Jim, hit me on the DM, man. We'll talk. We'll do some we'll do some talk before the you season. You solicited him. You hit Jim. All right. I will. Before the season. <laughs> at some point. I'm very busy this week. <laughs> also, my Venmo's open. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you're not gonna get paid to go on a show that you asked to go on. What? I barely get paid to go on this show. My name's on it. Speaking about getting paid, Mohawk Honda is a spot for you. We're going to be there Thursday, <laughs> this upcoming Thursday, March 10th, 4 to 5.30, the Plate Change Challenge. Nailed it. Plate Change Challenge. Uh, I hope it's great like it's been in the past. Levesque, we might be a part of it. We might be commentating. We might have the champion on. Something awesome is going to happen. I already know what's starting on their social media pages on March 7th. The graphics are up. The brackets are up. All really cool stuff going on there. But if you want a new vehicle, how great of a way to start off March. You get a new ride, you take some time off from work, watch March Madness, and then you enjoy the tournament. 2022 Pilot EXL sitting in the driveway right now. You can afford it. Shout out to everybody over there from Greg Johnson, Cam McKenna, Brian McKenna, Lindsey Heron, and more. Looking forward to finding out who we're going to give a shout out to. Who John Lucas as well, the Plate Change Challenge Championship coming up on Mohawk Honda. I'm, By the way, I'm willing, I'm willing to accept applications for me to be your hype man so uh, like Ooh. like in the past um lindsey heron has made me her hype man she has not requested me yet there is time if you need an old school wrestling heel hype man holla at your boy <laughs> yes there you go lindsey whoever wants to back in the corner Shades if lindsey of- says first i'm out because lindsey's my girl so hurry up everybody Bobby Heenan, Paul Heyman, Captain Lou Albano, whatever you want to call him, he will be there to help you out. And by the way, uh, March is here, so that means you can donate some of your athletic equipment. Going to a great cause. For more information on that, check out the Mohawk Honda and Mohawk Chevrolet Facebook page throughout the month of March. Mohawk Honda, where they always go out of their way to please you. You know about the Mohawk family? <clears throat> Guys, you know I'm I'm cheap. Like, like, I know the stereotype is that Jewish people are cheap. Scottish people are ridiculously cheap i was raised like to pinch a penny so hard a booger will come out of lincoln's nose that's how i was raised <laughs> i love my truck so much that i got from mohawk chevrolet the mohawk family that i paid for the unlimited monthly washes 
over at the uh, Hoffman. That's how much I love my truck. I can't allow the salt to be on it. Like, you know me, I'm cheap. To have another 30 bucks or 40 bucks a month come out of my bank account freaks me the freak out. And I just like, I have to do it. My truck just looks, too, I love it too much to let it look like crap. So that's that's how, how great of a vehicle to help you find. So there you go. Um, I like it. That's it. There you go. That, that's it. Uh, um, <clears throat> so I historically have two styles of wagering, right? Especially when it comes to football. I do break down the, the game, like strengths, weaknesses, all those things. But I will almost always yield it to where's the money, where's the thing that doesn't make sense, right? So, like, when, when the Knicks and the Suns are playing and the Knicks are only getting six and a half points, don't talk about injuries. Like, the, the Suns could roll out their fifth team and probably beat the freaking Knicks, and they pretty much did. I, six and a half, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm not going to bet you next because I don't trust you, but I'm going to watch this game because you, you're going to be in it. I can feel it. Knicks find a way to lose at the freaking buzzer again. Again. I am so sick and freaking tired of this team. Julius Randle, who, who won so much love and respect last year, is off to a great start in this game, can't control his emotions, gets booted in two tacks. Like, it, it's just such a freaking joke. Like, you want another reason I need baseball back? Because the Knicks are giving me a blue and orange freaking ulcer. I, I'm so madly in hate with this team and its ability to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory that I, I wasn't even drinking last night, but I almost popped one because of the Knicks. The Knicks. This was supposed to be their moment for the season, right? We were supposed to lead off this March weekend podcast to talk about them. And now, like, think about it scheduling-wise. This is one of the reasons why we want to do it on a Sunday morning. Because if the Knicks come off a victory on a Friday and beat the Phoenix Suns, arguably the NBA favorite to win the championship, we're talking about a whole different Knicks team. There's a momentum going into the playoff. Can they get to the playoffs? Who can they beat? Can they break through and win a playoff series? How would New York fans respond? We could have really made a really good case here that this is the biggest New York storyline for the next month, and it's not the Nets because of the Nets losing and injuries and everything else. This was the Knicks' moment to go back to the showcase, the spotlight. And Cam Johnson launches it like he's Jalen Suggs from half court, basically, and knocks it down and wins that game. They had opportunities. As you mentioned, Julius Randle loses his cool. R.J. Barrett's had a really good season. Uh, he's somewhere in between breaking through, living up to the hype, and just being a stat stuffer for a fantasy team. I don't know. I'm doing this with my hands on the audio side. They can't see that. That's just not rising in volume. Right. I feel like there's <clears> a floating <throat> inflatable thing at a car dealership right now with RJ Barrett. But that's where he's been all over the place at times with this. So, yeah, Knicks fans like you, that was your moment last night. Yeah. And they just went full Nick mode of the past and blew it. I think I think RJ Barrett has proven that he is a legit two. Like he's a he give him a star, like what we thought Julius Randle was going to be able to be after last year. And he could be, it's the high ceiling. He could be a Scottie Pippen caliber too. Like that, that two, that's so freaking good. You're like, Hey, he should be a one until he is like, I, he's got that skill. I don't think he's the star that's going to take the Knicks franchise, you know, to, to the glory days of like the seventies and the early nineties. But I do think he has that kind of skill that if you were, you know, if you were a James Harden, skill, not not attitude. If you're a Kevin Durant, if you're 
whatever is left in the toothpaste tube that is LeBron James' career, um, you you go stand next to an R.J. Barrett and your night gets better. Like you you you're better because how good he is, but he's he's kind of wasted right now because Randall's back to being an idiot. <clears throat> the team's not playing defense. I heard an interview, like post game with Randall the other night, where he said the difference between this season and last season is last season uh, Tibbs would show them what to do and they would go do it. This season Tibbs is showing them what to do and they're not doing it. So like, he's actually like, I, I wonder if some of the reason Randall's playing so poorly is this frustration with his teammates that they're not executing the way he's supposed to be executing or, or even himself that he's not executing the way he's supposed to be executing. We go from Tom Thibodeau to being the coach of the year to exactly what you just noted, not connected with the players, whether it's just fatigue of the same mention, whether it's an ego thing with the Knicks that they think they're much better than they are. Maybe it's the New York hype around them. There is some type of disconnect to this season uh, we could look at the East and say more teams were aggressive in the offseason, but Knicks fan has done the aggressive offseason thing for two decades, and it didn't work, and then they sat back for one season, and now it's not working. So it's, uh, damn if you do, damn if you're done for the Knicks. Here's the hope. Here's the hope. Even though they choked that game away against Phoenix, even though it's a great opportunity, there were some shades of, okay, it's not as bad as it's been the last 15 years. Like that is Phoenix. That is not, you know, it's not a banged up Golden State. It's not a Miami missing Jimmy Butler or the Bucks sitting guys. That is a really good team they had against. I know Chris Paul's injured and everything else, but hopefully, hopefully that sparks something and says, all right, if we can hang with Phoenix on a Friday night, we can still beat teams in the East. That is still well remaining to be seen, though. I am going to share with you something that shakes me to my core. Okay, I did something so egregious that I'm I'm angry with myself. <clears throat> I'm so mad at my Knicks, and so and and in enjoying watching the Celtics play, I have a seventeen dollar to win it all bet on the on the Celtics right now. Whoa! Uh, plus plus twenty five hundred. I jumped in. I saw our guys at inside the walls. Celtics hottest team in the East right now. Knicks doing themselves to game one last season. I don't know about that. Knicks. Knicks doing themselves uh, every day, I feel like. But I I agree. The Celtics are the team that can beat any team on any given night, but they also are the team that will lay down any team <clears throat> on any given night. Just in case, I mean, $17 win like 400 something but I bet on a Boston team to win it all, guys. That's how much I'm over my freaking Knicks right now. That's what's uh, happening right now. As much as I'd like to criticize you and say, how dare you? How could you go full heel against the New York team? Boston's really good. They're really good. <laughs> like sometimes basketball is simple and easy like this. They put up a lot of points. They got scores. They got guys who can put it in the basket. They're, they're simple as easy as that. Like Brad Stevens makes the transition away from the sidelines to the executive role and everything he's doing. Boston just flat out scores. And last night, it's you know, it's a perfect segment of this conversation because Boston plays Memphis this week. Boston goes out, and Boston, by the way, is, is a dog in that game against Memphis. And Boston beats them outright, and Jason Tatum was a story, and Boston putting up points. I know John Morant almost basically took a break in that game after the unbelievable stuff he was doing the past week. Memphis kind of load management's maybe not the right term to use here, but they just basically said, like, we got to keep this guy fresh for when we really need him, and they right. decided to pull him back a little bit against Boston. But they can score. They can. They got athletes. They got Boston is that team where, look, if you don't defense. like J- – Exactly right. If you don't like Philadelphia with James Harden, if you think Milwaukee's been cruising too much, 
Why not Boston? Why isn't this a season that all these young guys live up to the hype that they've had? I'm using that money to buy Yankee tickets if, if, if I win it, just so we know. Just, just a, like pennies. I think I think this is the most interaction we've had in an NBA conversation that wasn't about something off the court ever, ever. Uh, Instacam, Wizards fan, lost his poop the last month because they're uh, the losing streak. He's sick and tired of it. Um, you, you know, inside the wall, still here. They took the challenge. Uh, Celtics will, uh, you know, will be last year's sons. They will lose the Golden State. Don't do that to me. I need that money. Now I, I, I sold my soul for 17 pieces of silver. Don't do that to me. Don't wish me that where I, I did it and I lose. But no, it, it's the NBA. Like, NBA is, is actually really fun right now. You got the March Madness. I hate the circle. It's all background. You got the LeBron soccer. Baseball, you got to get you together because <laughs> people don't seem to care that you're not here right now. Yeah, people are running by you right now. That's it. Like they're look when sports fans have conversations about all this because like look, we are graphic here. We got three topics from the NBA. When baseball is giving you nothing, you're going to get back nothing. When you have no reason to care, people are going to find something else to care about. Uh, the John Moran MVP thing is in LeBron and him together on this conversation. He is now past everybody as the most exciting player to watch in the NBA, right? Like if if you had no interest in like a Nick game, like let's just say you're like you're a generic fan, you back up a little bit. Like I don't have a rooting interest. John Moran is the most must see thing in the NBA right now when he's out there. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm trying to think of who I would rather watch because I mean I, I think there's players that I would I, I I prefer style this that and the other thing. But when you talk about like the chance you're going to hear da 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 da, you know, a Sports Center top ten, it, I'm putting my money on Ja. Like that's where I'm going. He's become Vince Carter meets Derrick Rose because his dunks are just so stupid. Like just he had the dunk the other night where he just almost took off from the foul. I'm like, what am I watching? Is this CGI? Like, why did this kid play at Murray State? Because just because he was loyal to the scholarship offer and he's making Memphis relevant, even though. Look, the big man from Denver, we know how good he is. Jokic, like, he could be the MVP, but when you watch John Morant, you're just like, oh, my God. And then, like, Derrick yeah. Rose, like, I use that comparison because, uh, you know, I like him. I like his style. But when you have a guard that athletic who can do it everything, it's just like, I can't stop watching John Morant. Play him all the time unless I'm waging against him like I did and won that Celtic bet the other night. So I appreciate that for that rest. And then you got LeBron, who used to be that guy, in the Lakers – are terrible. The yeah, Knicks probably. stink. The Lakers are worse. The Lakers are <laughs> old and terrible. At least the Knicks have young yeah. players. The Lakers are old, slow, and terrible. Well, on the expectation level, too. Like, if you're a Knicks fan, you went into this season hoping to continue on from last season. Maybe win the first tournament, you know, first first uh, playoff series. If you're a Lakers fan, you went into the season going, let's win it all. There's only, there's only clocks ticking on, on LeBron James. You know, we, we got AD, like, Let's win it all. Just they are a shell of themselves. And you can't help but think when you've got LeBron, you could turn it around in a given minute. Like you could he could just click and start willing them to a 10 game win streak or something like that. But it doesn't feel like anybody on that team believes in that team. Like the Knicks, yeah, the Knicks players do go out and they look like they're trying. They're just it turns into like a, an episode of Double Dare on old Nickelodeon where they're slipping all over the court and looking stupid. But at least they at least they think they can win. The Lakers go out there and it's like, well, I got a 10 a.m. tea time. Uh, I want to hit the club for a little bit tonight. Let's just get this done and get out of here. Let's call it a day. <clears throat> they don't they don't seem to believe in themselves. And LeBron, maybe he's already you know saving those legs for when he gets to go play with his kid. 
at, at you know what in Cleveland or wherever else. That's right, with Memphis or somewhere else where he's like, okay, I'm just done with this. That's right. Yeah, I, yeah, but again, I it's I don't even know if I'm watching the NBA with how bad the Knicks are. If if baseball could get their crap together, like if baseball could have got their crap together, I'm probably between college hoops, the occasional NBA game, and and you know spring training. Just trying to see who who the Yankees have. Like, <laughs> used to be who the Yankees have wearing 70s and 90s that may or may not make the team. But that is the star roster right now because there's no numbers left. But you, know. uh, you didn't mention one thing, and that is the NFL Combine going on this weekend. But before we talk about the Combine, I want to tell you about our friends over at Lily and David Fine Jewelers, Levac. It is a big weekend for them. A little combination here of NFL Combine and Lily and David Fine Jewelers, because if you are looking for the perfect gift for her, this is one of the great weekends to head over to Lily and David Fine Jewelers at their new location, the Shops of Wilton. You're going to see it on our ticker. You're going to see it on our info for our audio sign as well. It is Wedding Band Weekend. How about this? You buy a wedding band, you get the other one for free. That's right. Whoever's with you for free or 40% off, they at Lily and David Fine Jewelers is going to work with you to find out exactly what fits your budget. Trust me, as somebody who took advantage of this deal, there's the wedding band. Look at that. Nice and easy right there into the camera. It helps out when you're prepping for wedding season. Whatever is going through your budget, you want to cross this off and say wedding band done, simple, taken care of. Love the crew over at Lily and David Fine Jewelers. I've worked with them, whether it's the engagement ring, the anniversary, Maybe you've got a big birthday gift that you just need. Here's the weekend to do it. You get ready. You go out on this Saturday. You enjoy the event, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on March 5th and 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. March 4th. So figure out those dates. Mark them in your calendar right now. New Shop of Wilton location is where you can find Lily and Dave Fine Jewelers. When you stop in this weekend, follow them on Facebook. Tell them you heard about it from Levac and Gaz here on Godzilla Media. I only want one ring. I'm going to marry myself. That's uh, I like me. <laughs> I know what I like. Nice dinner, save some money. Can't divorce myself. You know, that's the, that's the way I want to roll. Uh, all right. So here's the deal. Of course, thanks to uh, Techie Fire and Water Restoration, best way back to normal. Visit my online, tefirewater.com. We're on their Facebook page live. We're live on Godzilla Media's YouTube. We are live on Gaza's Twitter. Don't know why, but we're there. Um, <clears throat> Apple, Spotify, make sure you rate, review. Sacrifice a chicken to a god. I don't know, whatever it is. I've been watching a lot of Vikings Valhalla lately. Sorry. Um, I I actually haven't been watching the Combine. I watched a little bit yesterday because I'm a big – I don't know why like, the running back position always fascinates me at the Combine more than anybody else, like when it, like during the 40s, which, which is weird because the wide receiver stole the show with so many sub-4, 340s. But the running backs, like, like – um, Kenny, Kenny Skywalker the third. Some of these guys are just mammoth, and they're moving at four four speed, and and they're and they're cutting and they're and they're catching footballs. But the worst thing is, I don't know what's on Kenny Walker's shoulder. Have you seen it? Yes. I think he got. Did he get branded? Like I know that was a thing for like fraternities for a while. They were getting branded. Like he's got this huge thing on his shoulder, and. If if that was intentional, dear God, that boy loves pain and he won't kill somebody. Because I burned myself before and this boy don't love pain. He don't kill somebody. Like, if you like that kind of pain, that's something raise up like that far off your shoulder just to tell people that you're part of a group, you're going to lower your shoulder and take somebody's freaking head off in the middle of a hole on a Sunday. 
Yeah, those things like that, I'm like, is it a cool style tattoo that you just want to do it different? Is it a branding thing? Is it like when you were younger and you got burned accidentally, it just never healed the right way? Like, I always think about Aldo from the, you know, the MMA fighter from the UFC, like he had that big scar because he got yeah. burned when he was young. I don't know what it is. But if you're a professional fighter, you want to keep that scar. Like you want to, yeah. like, if you're, like, like, like I've got a burn on mine, but it's not, it's, it's a scar. I just. I'm just, I don't know how to fix it because I'm fat and old. But, um, but like, yeah, fire, you keep that. That brand thing scares the hell out of me. Like, I, like I said, I know, I know people who have them. And I'm like, worst pain in your life? They're like, no. And then nobody's around. I'm like, yes, never. Like, that was like, I'm like, did it smell like bacon? Like, what happened? Like, what is it? Like, because we're meat. Like, I was, I'm just curious. Like, oh, I'm a, I don't get that stuff, man. That freaked me out so bad. I mean, not only did that guy just shred Michigan last year. He's out burning himself for fun. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, Chris Olave, by the way, super speedster, oh. unbelievable at Ohio State. He was the one. I'm like, this guy, shout out to our guy Trout at the Hideaway. We've been saying he's the best wide receiver in the country for whatever reason, voting-wise. He doesn't get nominated for the Blitnikoff and then goes out and tears it up there in the combine. Uh, and, of course. Was he second fastest, too? Yes. I think yeah. there was, the, yeah, there was the, the other receiver, like Thornton or whatever the hell it was. Who set a new record for the fastest combine time ever recorded? Which I thought, what about Chris Johnson? What about John Ross? He's in the conversation as one of the fastest ever recorded. Uh, do you want to do the hand comparison now? Kenny Pickett, Levac, eight and a half inch hands. I think if we watched uh, the ESPN coverage, was it uh, Laura Rutledge may have had bigger hands than Kenny Pickett? It's serious <laughs> out there. Do you know that he was on um, NFL Network Radio talking about his hand size? And he goes, well, there's exercises you can do to make them look. He goes, it's really, it's the it's the pinky to the thumb. So you just do these stretching exercises so it, like, makes it, I'm like, not only <laughs> do you have hands that can't hold a whopper, you're now effing with your grip. You're now changing your grip. Like, and, and like th those, those fingers are the ones that, like, sit on the threads the most of the football. So that's no wonder that these guys don't work out. Like you, 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 your hands are smaller, so it's harder to do what you need to do in the first place. And then they got them changing their grip just to get a better measurement. I prefer if he just went because like he'll never be able to hold the field at uh, the ball at Heinz Field. Well, that's what he's done through college because that's where he played. So like I'd rather he was just like f you guys, draft me or don't. I don't care. I do not care. I'm going to smack somebody. Just if you draft me late, I'm going to beat you all anyway. Then then to sit there and talk about changing his grip. No, don't do that. Don't 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 look. So many quarterbacks, especially high level quarterbacks, the two that jump out to me the quickest are Tim Tebow and Philip Rivers. Where every remember that one summer Tebow's like Tebow's back because he changed the way he throws. Yeah. Your mind, when you've had success, and this is the important part about it, when you've had success doing something a certain way in a high level of success, you're just not gonna change it. Like, hey, this works for me. I don't care how you do it. And that, that goes for anything. Right. A sales way, uh, sports radio, sports podcast, whatever. Like athletes, if you have success doing something and you can prove it works, then why change it? Hell, I think that's science at some point. There's that meme, right? Like it's science with Ron Burgundy. That's what it works. Uh, Philip Rivers is the other one. Philip Rivers used to throw the ball like way over here, like off the – didn't matter. Yeah. Like he got the ball to the receiver. <clears throat> yeah, he had some balls broken up and everything else, but – Pickett's hands aren't going to grow. I feel like it's the always sunny meme, right? With Charlie's uncle, where it's like the fake Halloween hands are going to go over <laughs> his hands now. He was really good at Pitt. 
If you want to criticize Pickett for being older because he took a few years in college, like, you know, the red shirt, the COVID, okay, like that's a fair criticism. If you want to say the ACC had a down season because powers traditionally like Clemson, Florida State, Miami weren't as good, okay, like those are good criticisms. The fact that I don't know if he knows how to grip a football. What happened in the last five years we watched him? And like you just said, he played in Pittsburgh. He right. didn't play in Cali. That, he didn't play like, yeah, he played in Pitt. And, and he's got, I, I, it's like an overused term, but he almost has like a warrior mentality to him. Like where he, he looks, he wants, he wants to hurt you. Like he wants to show you each and every time he goes out there. So you got a, a guy who played in the East Coast, played in colder weather, who has that mentality. That's why he's not God. That's why he's not got like, like I knew golf was going to suck. I told you all he couldn't hold the football. I told you he sucked. And look what happened. He didn't have a running game. And now look at him. Now he's been exiled to Detroit. He's, he's screwed. Like, there's guys that when that's the only narrative, I do think it matters. I'm sorry. When it's the only narrative, hand size matters. But when you have real narratives of, well, how's he going to play in cold weather? I don't know how's he played in cold weather for the last five freaking years. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, but is he a winner? Is he going to do what it takes to win? They had to change rules in the NCAA because he's willing to like fake slides to get to get where he needs to be. Like he's is he going to work? I, you never know. I mean, it's it's freaking combine. It's the underwear Olympics. Like I, I, who knows? But I like his chances far better than I like Jared Goff. And you know, maybe more than I like Burroughs at the time. Who knows? You know, whatever. Burroughs one good year. <laughs> Who was that? Was that Taylor on Twitter? Taylor, yeah. how dare you sports yeah. the Zenith team? What were you interning? Yeah. What were you producing that show? How dare you remember a tape? Well, that was how back when you? Taylor couldn't talk. That was back when Taylor was mute. I already told I told Taylor a long time ago. Like I was like, dude, if I knew you spoke, you would we would you would I would listen. The hell happened to you? When you start speaking, that kid wouldn't have said shit if he had a mouthful of it back in the day. Now he just shut up. Yeah, now he's got his fantasy takes. By the way, I'm still angry at Marcus Morris, Taylor. I know you just liked the tweet that suggested that, but I'm blaming you for missing that pick, even though that makes no sense. That's <laughs> no, how no, I've no. rationalized it. He's still – listen, once an intern, always an intern. Keep blaming him. It's okay. It's That's right. right. That's right. Uh, the only the only athlete besides Pickett's small hands that has stuck out to me, and this is kind of weird, the Evan Neal thing, have you seen this about the Oklahoma uh, – uh, Oklahoma, the Alabama offensive lineman who is like 6'8 and 337 is like – Oh my God, he looks great for 337. He holds it. So <laughs> this is creepy, right? Like if we're judging how a guy looks with his, we've done some creepy things. The Chris Jones thing falling down and exposed, but now judging a man's weight about how he looks like, okay, I, I guess. Dude, there, there are some of the, like the, the biggest problem with the combine, AKA underwear Olympics is that's part of it. Like back in the day, they wore these like baggy shirts and all this other stuff, and it was it was bad enough. Now it's like these dudes are are damn near naked out there. Like you're you get during the running back competition, like the the workouts and and everything. I learned a lot about some of those guys. I know their religion. I know <laughs> I know that they couldn't ever fall all the way forward. <laughs> like it, you you they picked them apart, and I think the the legitimate part of the conversation that, that you're hearing with the, how he looks at 337 is, you know, Mekhi Becton. Mekhi Becton is a, is a, is a freak. He's a huge athlete, whatever. He got a little lazy last year and that big frame became a detriment where he's getting hurt a little bit and he's, he's, you know, he's carrying more weight than he's supposed to. 
some frames are built to carry 330, 337. Some frames aren't. Like if he came in with, you know, a little Dunlop, you know, with a Dunlop disease where your belly Dunlop over your belt, yeah. that, then yeah. you're like, yo, you ain't supposed to be 337. But if he comes in and he's almost beat up and he's 337, he's pushed people around and moving well, you are 337. That's it. Okay. Go for it. Do your thing. Congratulations. We got more drills coming up and we get more excitement. We'll get a new mock coming out and everything else. So, yeah. Speaking of, speaking of drills. Yes. <laughs> I, have to, <laughs> I was gonna go like i was gonna go because uh doctor is a dentist too but uh he's a holistic dentist which is very cool he's very worried about your your overall well-being which is why dr fred Dreer got into sleep studies he figured all that stuff out and that's why he opened the integrated sleep center in Boston spa doc fred Dreer is helping me sleep better he'll help you sleep better too it's a mouthpiece simple easy to use easy to clean uh i just i love the damn thing man keeps my bottom jaw forward just a little bit and keeps my airway open. I have a very large soft palate. What's up, ladies? So if, if I if I let my jaw fall back, I'll snore. And I had severe sleep apnea, um, which means I wasn't breathing. You know, so this keeps the air moving. It keeps me breathing. Keeps the snoring under control to the point where people don't feel the need to put a pillow over my head for that reason. And it all started by calling 518-885-6185. 518-885-6185. Fred Dreer. And the Integrative Sleep Center in Boston Spot helping me sleep better. They're going to help you sleep better, too. That's what I'm talking about. March Madness. The madness is upon us. I, I just want to I want to say something, guys. F Coach Gay. I don't care. What? I just don't care. What I just heck? don't care. I'm actually going to bet North Carolina today and hope they spoil everything. Oh, my God. I hope they spoil everything. He's the greatest college basketball coach most wins ever. All right, spell his last name without looking down. That's what I thought. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I'm so I'm so over it. Like I used to love Coach K, but I feel like he's gotten like he's become testy, angry old. Like he's becoming Beheim. Like he's angry old man coach lately, and I just don't care. Oh, I'm so sad you're leaving. No, he's the guy that if he was at the party, you're like, listen, at six o'clock, he was the life of the party. At seven, it was kind of cool. Eight, he started being a real bitch about everything, and I hope he leaves. So he started being a real bitch about everything. Get out, beat it, let's go. I can't wait for Duke fan to have to deal with what everybody else deals with not having the greatest coach. Ha, beat it. <laughs> the Coach K coverage today is a little much, right? Like when you ask for the farewell tour, it's let me do the math here. Eight, no, ten hours of coverage because we're starting college game day at ten o'clock. You might be watching it right now because it's a two-hour edition of college game day. Yep. And then it goes all the way through the ACC network covering his biggest games and everything else. And then tip-offs at six. So we got to, I feel like an hour special about Coach K is good yeah. enough. And I know he's the greatest coach, you know, arguably of all time, him and John Wooden. But eh, it might be a little much. I'll give you that. It might be a little much this year. I don't think we needed the farewell tour for Coach K. Roy Williams walked out on his own. Sorry, I just had a great moment where I looked down at one of my uh, one of my mobile accounts. And it's like triple what I thought it was. So I must have won really big the last time I bet and just didn't realize it. Huh. Nice. That's hey. Cool. It's almost like <laughs> I've always been the guy that when I go to the bars, I'll just keep throwing money in my pocket. Like I'll pay. Like you, if you, if you had like, if you had a hundred bucks and it was all twenties, so you had like five, you go out, I just keep using the twenties until they're gone. And then I'll go in and start figuring out where the fives, the tens and the ones are, you know, that's where the beer monkeys come from. You know, the beer monkeys replace all your 20s with ones and they shit in your mouth. Um, 
I've, I think I've become like, like that with betting now where like you do your wash, all of a sudden you got a bunch of singles. Like, look at this la- laundry money. Woohoo. Now okay. I'm the guy who every once in a while gets drunk and I'll throw like a $10, like four team parlay together. And it's like, I wake up I'm like either $10 light or I'm like $175, <laughs> you know, up. And apparently that's, it was the latter for this one. And I don't that's even know good. what I bet. I'll have to look. All right. Well, but, while you're looking to find out how you just cashed in. Yeah. Coach K, like, look, if you love Duke, that's your squad. Cool. You roll with Coach K. He's had a historic career. Mike Krzyzewski, all that stuff. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Duke is good every single year. But if you were a Duke hater, I think we can put the Duke fans. Duke am I right? Yeah. But like there's there's like the generic fan that likes Duke, the Cowboys, the Yankees, and the Lakers. You know, like they're called just... front runners, bandwagon fans, guys. If yes, you, if you if you will. <laughs> if you will, right. So this season. What is the realistic expectation? One of my favorite things to talk about for the Duke Blue Devils. Is it the same like they have to win the national championship? There's talks that they have five, five NBA guys on this roster. That they've already got a succession plan, which we're going to get to here in a second about another team. That John Shire's taking over no matter what. Okay. Like Duke is good every single year. You could argue right now in this final weekend of the regular season in college hoops that Duke is the best team, although there were so many upsets last week that Gonzaga still sits at number one. Okay, great. But I like that point you said there about Krzyzewski because I think you can group them in. Krzyzewski, uh, Roy Williams, Jim Beheim, hell, Rick Pitino, who took a shot at Albany this week. Like That era of coaches, what they were used to, the Hall of Famers, the sport of college basketball is completely different 20 years ago compared to what it is now. And hell, 10 years ago compared to what it is now with NIL and one-and-dones and Worried about your brand and sit like the whole thing is different. And like we just mentioned earlier, this podcast, sometimes when stuff starts to change, it might be time to leave. Like, all right, I'm good. Like, I, I, I this is not my thing anymore. This is a different thing that I signed up for. I'm good. Thank you very much. Call you later. Bye bye. Smell you later is more like it. But Duke is really good, unfortunately. Again. Yeah. No, they're going to lose. They're going to lose today. Oh, not going to lose, but maybe they won't cover the 11. That'd be great. Oh, that'd be nice. I just, I just, I'm over it. I just, uh, there's certain times like you stay too long. You know what I mean? Like some players I loved, like I loved watching Brett Favre play football. The 16th time he came back, I was like, all right, dude, enough. Come, you can stop now. Like, you know, when when Brady flirts with not retiring the rest of this offseason just to keep the attention that he loves so much. All right, dude, go enough. Coach K, here's his like. Go just you're angry. You don't like being here. Happy trails to you. Beat it. One more. Wait, we gotta add one more. We gotta add Aaron Rodgers, who I think you called this oh. about Odell Beckham Jr. a few years ago. He is now, and Charles Barkley said this. I think he stole your line. Aaron Rodgers has become the pretty girl who every day, every single day, someone has to tell her she's pretty. Rodgers, new report. He hasn't decided yet. The well, twelve day pooping cleanse hasn't helped him out. The difference between Rodgers and everybody else I just mentioned. At one point, I liked all those other people. <laughs> he's just he's he's fun to watch play football, and he does. I think the worst, I think the most detrimental thing that Aaron Rodgers does for his own legacy is he makes it look effortless. Like the things he does, nobody like almost nobody like maybe maybe three to four other quarterbacks can do, but he does it so effortlessly, and he looks like. He's got that Jay Cutler face half the time where you're like, does he want to smoke a cigarette, throw a touchdown, or take a nap? I'm not really sure. Maybe he's going to do a 10-day poop cleanse. I don't like whatever. But, like, he, he is amazing. If he just wasn't such a dickbag, it'd be easier to, like, to like be excited about where he goes and what he does. 
Uh, one other one to add to that list, by the way, I, I hit him quickly in passing was Jim Beheim. who, how about this story that's now broke about people may have overstayed their welcome. So there was a story that ran locally in Syracuse about what's the future of Jim Beheim, and Beheim said he's not a quitter. He's not going to step away after a bad season, all this. Now, this is how I viewed it. Maybe some reporters who did the research will have a different take on it. There's a legendary caller in Syracuse named Pat in Syracuse who borderline somewhere between uh, a college basketball savant or stand from the Eminem music video. Whatever you want to put Pat on that list, that's where he is. But he called into one of the shows and said, all I want is Jim Beheim to give us a secession plan, right? Sort of like the HBO show. All I want to know is what happens when he leaves. Just give us an idea of what the program is going to be like when you're gone. Sure enough, Beheim called into the show two days later to give us a session plan and said there's been one in the works for years, but he's not going to tell us what it is and a few <laughs> other things. Levac, that's my take. Some would say it's just a, a talking point in Central New York. I feel like Jim Beheim is not responding to callers, calling him out and criticizing him and just randomly calling into radio shows. You want to talk about somebody who's been a little bit testy about how long he's staying somewhere. That is a new level of pettiness for Coach Beheim. You, you, the only thing, the only thing I disagree with what you're saying right now is that he's getting testy. He's been testy. Like that dude, even when he was in a good mood, was in a bad mood. But like, you, your, your fingers on the pulse of, you know, Central Western, still upstate New York. You know who that guy is, right? I guarantee people in Beheim's life know who that guy is. So whether Beheim heard it or not, from you know, was Pat Syracuse that we said his name? Yeah. Was? Somebody went to him, maybe multiple people went to him, went, yeah, this Pat in Syracuse started a whole poop storm for you about, you know, are you going to, what, you have a succession plan? Are you just going to leave us high and dry? And, and he was like, he probably heard it from two, three people. And then went out and went, you know, we have a succession. Like, so he did answer that guy, but he maybe, maybe it wasn't just because they said it. Maybe people around him heard it and said it, but he, He's got to know that's the biggest criticism. You had a succession plan, and you out you outlasted it to the point where it left. And now we're supposed to believe you have another one. Actually, we're supposed to believe you care about anything other than yourself. And I don't. I, I don't. And I haven't for a long time. I, I'm not a big Bayheim guy. I know that's been a bone of contention for you and I, but I think you're finally starting to see it my, my way. The thing that bothered me the most about the quote was the I'm not going to quit. Hang, hang on. Wait, There's a difference between quit and retire. Dude, you've been there for 46 years. You paid like, your no one... public. You can go. You're no. allowed to leave that. No one is going to think less of you because you retired in your late 70s. It's you, a, no one, you know, no one says it's quit. It's, it's retired. It's not a big thing. By the logic he's supplying, guys, unless you win the national championship, he's going to leave. He's not going to yes. leave. So, so you're going to be rolling him out there at like at 95 with a whiteboard here zone and then just go. We've done this in sports, right? Like it's Paterno and Bowden are the first two that jumped to my mind. And maybe there's another one, whether it's college basketball or maybe even like a professional sport where they had great careers. And at some point it's like, okay, like it's time to go. Like it's, it's, as much as I can't stand Doug Gottlieb, is he had a great point about this. Whether it's his former coach Eddie Sud at Oklahoma State, uh, got Raleigh, the late Raleigh Massimino, like we could uh, Jim Calhoun is coaching Division Three right now. Coaches, maybe more so even than athletes, have this mindset where it's what they do all the time. Coaches probably outstay their welcome more than anybody else because yeah. 
you know, the athletic competition, your body is not breaking down or getting slower. So it's harder to realize what's happening, but that's, they're just trained to do that. That's their job. That's what they want to do. So yeah, I'm, I'm totally with, uh, look, I love Sarah Kesey. I know that, but it's time. It's time. It's been time. It's time to move on. It's okay. I heard you're going to be quitting, man. I heard you. No, I, I'm not a part of the secession plan. Not that I know of. I heard it's you. I heard it's you. Oh, maybe it's TG2. Maybe TG2 is. Rick Patino. You want to start that rumor? Patino, the former assistant at Syracuse. He denied he's going to Maryland. Jerry McNamara. There's rumors he interviewed for Patino. Sienna years ago. Who wants to start the rumors of who it is? Patino hates Sienna and Albany so much. He's never going to leave Iona just so he can keep trying to stick it to him. He actually, you want to talk about somebody who, who like let it get to them, something that was said and done. Patino straight up hates the cap region now. He'll come here in, in for Saratoga because his buddy on him own horses. But it, that dude, that dude's got hate in his heart for the cap region. What was up with that quote? And for those who don't know what we're talking about, Mark Singlay's tweeted out that Patino basically ripped Albany. He said, we're not going to Albany for the MAC tournament. No, no disrespect to Albany, but we want to go have fun in Atlantic City. I'm like, your, your players aren't out at the crabs table, you know, going to, what are you talking about have fun? What, what are, oh, you guys are, oh, it's your guys, season's on has, the line. Guys, he has a great point. He has a phenomenal, you, you just don't understand. No offense, strip clubs in this area kind of suck. He can't recruit during the MAC tournament <laughs> with, with, you know, like the Carlos had its day. I love, I used to love going to the Carlos, but uh, you know, you're not, I'm sure AC's got, you know, a little more, the laws in New York State prohibit these strip clubs from from getting him the players he needs. You know, I'm thinking about talking about Petito. Jared Lozier hanging out with Rick Petito. That's what I'd like to see. <laughs> when I think of strip clubs, I think of Jared Lozier. Northeastern Insurance. There's a reason why they're going to be named Insurance Agency. The best one here in the Capital Region because of guys like Jared. Give him a call today. 518-956-3753. 518-956-3753. We always joke around like what you should email Jared. You, here's the one if you've waited for all these podcasts. You, me, Rick Patino? question mark, Atlantic City. See what Jared's <laughs> response is and just send it to me personally. I would love that. J-A-R. E-D-L at nemail.com. If you're looking for an insurance policy or you want to maybe shop for the quotes, find out if you can save some cash this year for the things that are important to you, your home, your or car. Or you're playing the golf clubs with an overrated golfer. There you go. Or you just want to find out about Rick Patino and what he does. Those are the things you can do with Jared Lozier. Email him. Patino, you, me, Atlantic right. City. Also, can I get a All quote? Right. J-A-R-E-D-L at nemail.com. I love it. All right. So it's, uh, I'm, I am so fired up for UFC 272. Levac and guys are here. Techie Fire and Water Restoration Facebook page, as well as Godzilla Media's YouTube. Uh, like, rate, and if you're listening on Spotify or whatever, tell people we're on Spotify because everybody asked me if we are, and, I, and we are. Um, just like tell them, hey, you know, Levac and guys are on Spotify. That was at the beer summit, guys. That was like the number one. Hey, oh my God, you. I miss you guys. They go, oh, we're doing a podcast. Well, can I get it on Spotify? Yeah. What's it called? Well, um, I'm not super creative. It's still just Levac and Goss. Um, just, just type our name in, guys. Come on. Would you want us to go no. in your car and set it up for you? Plug it in? Like, yeah. it's not. Oh, we'll put we will. Because we will. We'll do it. Might. Yeah. I know you will. Um, when I said we, I meant you. Oh, okay. um, 272 tonight. I am so torn because I love Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal is one of my favorite fighters, both for the way he fights in the ring, for the way he, he, he speaks. It's fun. His story is phenomenal. 
He was very cool to you and I on Radio Row in Miami. Like way cooler than I I thought I ever thought he would be to the point like I I think if I had like gone like like bro stalker on him right then and gone, yo man, let's switch numbers, I think we could, I think I could have got his number. Like I think I, we could be like I think he and I could be texting right now, but I was just like, I'm not gonna be that dude. Regretting it now. Like him that much. But I think Covington's gonna win tonight. I just think he like I almost always side with the more active fighter. And I don't mean active per fight. I just mean Mazadal hasn't really been fighting a lot. Covington went away for a second, came back, you know, whatever. I feel like Covington's the more active fighter. Just just feel like he is. And there's less rust, which makes me feel like Covington's the play tonight. Well, let's let's double down on that, right? Not only is he a more active fighter, actually experienced and everything else, he's better. You know, like like that's not a shot to hurry Masvidal. Like I'm totally with. Well, that's that's what it is, right? Like if Kamaru Usman wasn't walking on planet Earth right now, Colby Covington would be a champion. That's it. Like Covington should be the champ if he could beat just one guy. And unfortunately, like he's just jumping ahead. One guy's really good, right? Like the old Daniel Cormier, John Jones thing. Like people would consider Daniel Cormier maybe the greatest of all time. If he defeated John Jones, people would consider Colby Covington, although a great fighter, one of the greatest of all time, if you could buy Kamara Usman. That's it. Like the Hori Masvidal thing. I love how you set that up with our Super Bowl talk because getting to know him, not just like the flash, like the Miami street fighter, but sitting down, watching him like almost grow as a person, as a fighter, like, okay, I've reached it. Like, this is it. I'm on Radio Row. I'm the fighter they're talking about. Like, I'm the McGregor, because you interviewed McGregor a few years previous. Like, this was the guy that the UFC wanted to get out to as many people as possible. And he was awesome. I became a fan of him that day. The problem with Jorge Masvidal is he has lost 15 fights in his career. And we're not even talking about the Miami Street Fight days. Like, we're just talking to the UFC. I wonder how much the knockout against Ben Askren has just hyped him up and he hasn't been that same fighter, if you know what I'm talking about. Like, he knew the moment he knocked him out with the fastest knockout in UFC history. He was going to go from a fighter that UFC fans knew about to the next superstar of the sport because of how he connects with fans and his story and all that stuff. He hasn't been as good. He's never been as good. Like, but Kobe Covington is way better. And I'm rooting for Jorge Masvidal, but to what you said, like, he's just, he's just, not the same type of fighter. Oh, by the way, I think I should add this. There are rumors out there. By the way, the UFC 272 press conference, what a mess that was. God, it was embarrassing. But there's rumors that Masvidal finally got paid. He finally got the contract he's been saying for like two years he wanted. Do you think that plays a factor in the fight that when you know you've signed a deal and you've got millions of dollars finally coming, like the motivation to actually win this is like, I'm getting paid finally. Like whether I get knocked out or I win, my money's finally coming. I I, I do. And, and I think that's part of, of, the the problem too is so Mazadal he's got his own booze now he's got you know he I think if Mazadal truly hates a guy and is truly motivated to beat him up he's he's legit and is going to take you out but and I think he's got I think he has beef with Covington but I don't think he hates Covington as much as he's pretending he does Covington might legitimately hate Mazadal more I think he had more of a mentor role to him and he feels betrayed. He does whether he was betrayed or not, he feels betrayed. I do I think I think Mazda's a little comfortable. I think he's a little comfortable with what's going on. I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he comes out and just smacks the nose off of Covington's face. I have nothing against <clears throat> the you know the the persona that Covington's got out there. 
I just don't like him as much as Masvidal. I don't care. Like, I think it's hysterical that he's he's used the Trump make America great again anger to be a heel in fighting. I think it's hysterical. I think it's phenomenal. I don't do I think he really cares politically. I don't know. I don't care. I think he's used it perfectly to get pop and heat in this fight. So, but I just like Masvidal as a person. I hope he wins. I just don't think he does. <laughs> By the way, I, I, I'm with I'm with I'm with our guy inside the wall. Guys, get some five G, my man. You keep breaking out. No! Oh <laughs> my god, like, I got a great brand going. What the hell? <laughs> you know, for, you're there. It's just you like you know your picture. No! Yeah. Oh, I didn't even see it from my end. That even hurts me more. Yeah. And by the way, for uh for the connection issues, I told Levesque I have a brand new laptop sitting in my left. My sound is so awful on the new laptop. Clearly, one button got hit, and I'm like uh, Ronald Moore, I had an interview with him too. I had to shut down the whole thing, but we will fix the sound come Tuesday. So the new laptop will be used. Yeah, we we will we will fix. <laughs> Explain himself, uh, which might be true. Uh, so there's one other thing I got to add to this because I I feel like I asked you this before, and now that time has evolved, I got to ask you it again. Okay. Do you have more respect for Dana White than ever before? Because and I, I set it up like this because you are in a spot now that you are the team president of the Albany Empire. Yep. You do the day-to-day things. I think I would say this to you whether we were talking right now or I wasn't with you. You handle the media far different than other team presidents would, and I think that's a compliment because you have the media background. And you also are very candid about it. Like, if you think a player's playing well, you'll tell us. If you think a signing's going well, like, you're very candid because you know what people want to hear. You want to hear the truth. And I think people might say the success of this show is about our authenticity and realness and everything else. Dana White's like that. Like Dana yeah. White is authentic and real. Besides the stuff he says about Conor McGregor and John Jones, which gets too close to Carnival Barker stuff, everything else is authentic and real. Do you find yourself, as you're progressing in your role as the president of the Albany Empire, embracing your Dana White more? Do you not think <laughs> about the stuff that only weirdos like me do? What What do you um, mean? Do you have? Does it have yeah. any effect on you how you're evolving? How Dana White does his job now? I mean, dude, I I've said. I've said a lot in the last couple of weeks. It's a lot more fun to talk shit about team presidents than it is to do what they do. Um, <laughs> it's a lot more fun. I think, look, I, I guess what I would go back to is I, I have a certain luxury that a lot of people don't have. Like my team owner is legitimately one of my best friends. Like I've known him my, almost my entire life. Um, so it's like, I'm, I, I never have to wonder if I'm doing the job he wants me to do because we have that candidacy with each other. Like he, like if I, he, he would come to me and be like, you dude, what the app, like, what are you doing? Um, he doesn't say dude, I do, but kind of kick back to your, to your, what you said earlier about quarterbacks, right? Don't change your skill set. You got the freaking job, right? So you hired me knowing my skill set. My skill set is this. I, I know media, I know radio, I know entertainment. So why wouldn't I continue on the way I always have, you know, Obviously, there's stuff I can't tell you. You know, I can't tell you everything, but everything I can and some of the things I can't, I still do. Because that's that's what I think that's what makes our team great is the people that we have, the players that we have and the ownership. You know, the the bigger role Mike Corda takes as the owner, the more we're guaranteed the team is going to be in in Albany. If Mike Corda can't keep this team in Albany, nobody can. That's all there is to it. So buy your tickets, get your and, Get your popcorn ready because here we go. It's going to be a lot of fun this year. It's going to be crazy. We had potentially the worst Friday that we've had as an organization yesterday. Just things 
you know, hitting stops in the road and deals we thought we had done that just were kind of like kicked back to us and changed and this, that, and the other thing. And by the end of the day, there was a lot of us just looked around and went, we just, we had the right people to, to, to get through it and to keep it moving forward and to make sure the team plays. Coach came into town early. Coach Manos came in early to help get us moving in the right direction. We built the team in 10 days last year and we're going to kick ass moving forward. I know that you didn't ask me about the team, but that's why it's like I can be open and I can be honest because I work for open and honest people. No, you know, it goes back to that Dana White comparison because Dana White, if there's a bad fight, it'd be like, man, I don't like when, oh my God, why am I blanking on the uh, Tyrone, Tyrone, uh, I'm blanking oh, on his oh. last name. The guy who Tyrone Whitley, that thank you, right? Like he doesn't like wrestlers. He like doesn't like guys who take him to the ground and stuff. Like he he'll call you on lay on him, right? Exactly. Hey, that wasn't a great fight. And no matter how much hype you put around it, he'll be like, "All right, it wasn't a great fight." Like you just said, like, "Hey, we got our ass kicked on Friday. It happens. Like we know we we can't win every single time we go out there. But some team presidents, and I'm not calling anybody out in particular, but some people, I think I think fans in particular can see through the BS and be like, "Dude." Not every single day you're got doing something great. Like that's the work of social media, and that's the work of like, look at us, we never make mistakes. Or like, <laughs> there are some people who do that. And, and, well, and I don't think we made mistakes. I think the people we were dealing with did. That's a you know. oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I bring that up. Like, look, these are two really. I just bring these guys up, not in comparison to you because you're so early in this, but because it's people that you're fans of the teams, like an Al Davis and a George Steinbrenner of they almost were too hard and too critical of their athletes right. that they were a part of because they may have not had that perspective of, I didn't interview athletes. I didn't get to know them. You did. Like, this was right. your job. You've probably done 5,000 interviews with athletes and coaches and everything else where it's like, you'd be far more on their side. And I think Dana White's that same way where it's like, I want these guys yeah. to succeed because then I succeed. My business succeeds. You can't, but you really can't, you can't compare me to Dana White because he's worth what, four or 500 million. I'm worth four or $5. <laughs> so it's really not, and uh, I've got a little bit more hair than him. But no, it, like I know I, I, I like I like the Dana White. I think there is you know you want to know a similarity like in the UFC, the stars are going to come and go, right? You're gonna you're gonna your best your absolute best fighters. You're looking at what a five year window maybe before the game catches them or repetitive hits slow them down. With what we've dealt with in the Albany Empire from 2018 to 2022 is two different leagues, a pandemic, a bankruptcy from the old league. Like everything has changed from just from last year to this year. We went to Ironman. So where I would love to go and be like, just cherry pick all our talent from last year and bring them back again for the most part. Some of them don't fit Ironman. You know, some of them don't, they don't want to play both ways. So God bless them. I get that. Go play in a different league. But the the similarity is we here in the front office of the Albany Empire have to be out front because we're consistent. We're going to be here. Some of these players, like, you know, Darius Prince coming back, guys like that. That's awesome. Like, we'll keep pushing them forward. We'll push it. We'll make sure, you know, Brandon C stays back in the community, all those things. But, like, at the end of the day, Coach Mraz, Mike Corda, you know, Matt Woods. Now we got Ryan Hulab, Jamie Hensel, like Jeff Levesque. We're 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 gonna be here to make sure that you always get the best team that we can put forward, the best product we can put forward. Dana's always gonna be there to make sure you get the best fights put forward. Kobe Covington could break his leg and be gone for a year and a half tonight. Like you can't you can't always you can't put it all on the athletes to do all the work 
to market for you. You've got to work with them and help them get that done. So that I think that similarity is is there. But then again, that finance thing then just really kicks me right in the teeth. Bad. Well, Levac, you're gonna make a ton of money. You're gonna make millions, maybe, with Cindy Martin on your side. How about that? Oh, maybe? well, Can we do listen, that? I I think if there's one person I would trust with my biggest investment, and that is my home, it's Cindy Martin. Cindy Martin, part of the Jen Karam team, Howard Hanna Realty. She is phenomenal. Cynthia Martin at howardhanna.com. When you're buying, when you're selling, you need somebody who's on your side. And that's why you call Cindy at 518-932-5558. 518-932-5558. That's her actual cell phone. Okay. Because when you work with Cindy, you become one of her people. She cares about what happens next. She wants you to get top dollar when you're selling your home. That's why she works with the best group of local insurance, local inspectors, attorneys. She works locally and globally. If you're looking to buy a house out of market, she'll work with another attorney, another another realtor to make sure you're set. That's what she does. Cindy Martin is amazing. Big fan of the empire. Actually going to work with her. We're putting together our promo schedules kind of coming together. And it looks like um, in July, we'll have the Empire Tackles Cancer Pink Game. Cindy's going to help me put together some of the fundraisers leading up to it because she is a survivor, strong woman who loves, loves, loves helping other people. So Cindy Martin, Cynthia Martin at HowardHannahRealty.com, 932-5558, Give her a call. Even if you're just kind of thinking about selling, you're thinking about buying, you're done with the apartments, she'll be honest with you. Hey, this is, this is a great time. Hey, can you put together a little bit more money? Stage your house like this. She'll be there for you to help you get the best results because that's what she does, Cindy Martin. That's my girl. With that, guys, um, I don't know how I feel about this Batman movie, guys. I just don't know how I feel. I want I want to love it. I want to love it, but I don't know how I feel about it. I would say for the podcast audience in particular, they may not know you are a big comic book superhero <laughs> fan. It's like probably an unknown fact about Jeff Levac, right? Like Such, you know this you wanna, stuff. Do you want to know how bad? You want to know how bad you'll you'll respect this because you host trivia multiple times a week. Last Friday, not last night, I was at trivia um, over at Jessica Stone's. Love Jessica Stone's. One of my favorite like places. Just hide and throw back Miller Lights until I have to Uber home. Um, here's the question. This Marvel character debuted in the Fantastic Four comic book in 1966. I was born in 1976, guys. I looked at my team, all stops. They all look at me because they know I'm the nerd. And they're like, was it this? Was it this? I'm like, eh, no, those are DC characters. No, this, no, no, that came. They, I know they were part of this one. No, uh, Spider-Man has his own comic debut. And they're sitting there going, okay, this is ridiculous. I'm like, it's the Silver Surfer. It's the silver. It's got to be the silver surfer. I think it's around when Galactus. Boom, boom, boom. Give me silver surfer. Right. Put it in the wow. phone. Goes in. Right. I'm wrong. They tell me Black Panther. I walk over. I have my friends with a host. Pull my phone out. Boop, 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 boop. Both debuted in 1966. Silver Surfer, like a month before Black Panther. Ooh. He goes, I got to give you that one. I go, did anybody else get it right then? He goes, no, nerd. But yeah, I actually was more right than the trivia host, and that guy's buttoned down. That's how much of a comic book nerd I am. And, and I'm all oddly proud of it. I don't know why I'm single. You know what? I'll go a step further. He should be fired for that mistake, and I will take over now with Jessica Stones. No, too far. <laughs> I don't think you have the technology. They do it on the phones now. It's pretty cool. 
You got, we got to get you up. To oh, no, no. I've been, rec- I've been recruited by them. I know all about that yeah. stuff going on over there. I'm, I'm one of their top recruits. They've called me. So in, in other words, <laughs> if we need somebody, we'll call you on Mondays or Fridays. So wait, why are you, why are you not a fan of this Batman movie? I don't So I feel like casting Batman is, it's gotta be the most difficult thing for all the superheroes because like I'm back in my day when Michael Keaton was Batman. Um, I remember being a kid going, this is stupid. The guy was just Mr. Mom, you know, like, and now he's going to be Batman. This is absurd. And he was phenomenal. He was great. Uh, Val Kilmer. I was like, Val Kilmer's perfect. He's kind of dickish. And he's got like, he's got that look. He's got that vibe. Val Kilmer was not good. You know, Christian Bale. I was like, yeah, the, the American psycho guy. He was really good. Um, Pattinson. I don't know how I feel about him. I don't know. So hopefully it, I, it wins me over and I like it, but I just, it, it feels like Batman is – I thought Ben Affleck was going to be – I think Ben Affleck is underrated as Batman. I'm going to put it out there. I thought he would did – he did a really good Bruce Wayne, I thought. At, at the stage they wanted him to be Bruce Wayne. I thought he did a really good Bruce Wayne. But I'm not – I'm just not blown away by by this – the visual of it. I do want to see it, but I don't think I'm going to rush. I think I'm going to wait and see, like, what kind of Rotten Tomatoes and people I know actually say about Batman. I wonder if people in their late 20s and early 30s feel the same way about just the Batman franchise in general that The Dark Knight was such an unbelievable movie. Like, I, it's my favorite movie. Like, really? So when you put up that Nerd. movie, <laughs> right, right. Like, I've only seen one movie ever premiere at midnight, and it was the third one in the trilogy, The Dark Knight. No, not Rises. Is it Dark Knight Rises? Yeah. The Dark Knight Rises yeah. was the third one. Yeah. That's the only one I saw at a midnight premiere where I was in the front row. Because I thought, oh, you just walk into midnight. Nobody's going to be at this movie. No, terrible decision by me. Like, I'm like this the entire movie staring up. But <laughs> there's just so many movies post that movie that I thought we'd get like a little bit of a break. That's not how action heroes and, and comic book movies, that's just not how it works. And they're different directors and different styles. I get all that. Right. I feel like Robert Pattinson's a pretty good actor. I feel like it can buy yeah. it. They're, they're doing their best to separate it from not being just a carbon copy of past Batmans, at least from the trailers. I mean, I wasn't well, there at midnight. I don't know, but it, it seems different how bad, than the other ones. How nerd do you want to get right now? Get a little so nerdy like, here. Depending upon what what comic it is, what story is being told, and what who's telling it, which which writer, which artist, there's Batman's different. Like there's the campy, fun Adam West Batman. There's you know the Brave and the Bold. There's the this that. This is the darker, like even it may even be darker than the the Nolan Dark Knight series. Could be even darker. So I think you're, this should be a very gritty, very dark version of Batman. So it should be it should be cool. It should be fun. Just don't. Historically speaking, Marvel's better at live action, and DC's better at animated movies. That's just what that's that's just this nerd's humble opinion. I respect your opinion, Levac. I'll say that. <laughs> you have so to. You're not I'm a bigger see nerd. Are you going to? Are yes or no? Will you see it in theaters? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Like all the comic book movies, it was always me and the kid that went and she's busy. Like she's a, she's in college and she's got a job and blah, 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 boyfriend. So if she wants to go, we'll go. Aside from that, I'm not sure. Maybe if I'm like really hung over tomorrow, I might just scoot out and go see it by myself. Just to, just to, just to not be here where, you know, empties will be strewn about. I would say I'd come with you and watch it. But the fact that now with the baby, a two-hour or two-and-a-half-hour movie will take me about two-and-a-half weeks. So I'm not the best person to... to well, and, I, and, I, and I didn't invite you. 
But um, <laughs> you know what? That's a good segue to our final segment of the day. Sponsored by Johnstone Supply and Troy. That is Q and A to end. The oh, they're sponsoring it now. Uh, yeah, just they were the last read today, so I'll just. Oh, get okay, okay. Now you're sponsored at Johnson Supply Train. That was my first question. Is this sponsored by Johnson Supply? <laughs> Spring is here. It's March. Make sure it's never too early to forget about some of the things, or to remember not to forget about to remember to check up some of your things in your basement, your furnace, your boilers. John Goodman furnace, take care of it. Get it. Still, price is really going on right now. Follow Johnstone Supply in Troy on Facebook as well to find out more about their spring updates and make sure everything's working well. Give them a call today, 518-272-5922, 518-272-5922. If your spring projects are coming up and they're on the way, don't forget, in-house there at 6th Avenue in Troy, competitive prices, the best prices from Milwaukee Tools guaranteed in-store. So again, this spring. Go to 6th Avenue in Troy. Check out Johnstone Supply in Troy. Say what's up to our guy, Tom. Hopefully the hair is longer than ever. Kev, James, <laughs> ask George if he's coming out of retirement this boxing season. Maybe to train Tyson Fury, to manage Tyson Fury. I would love for those conversations to happen. And for you to make sure the things that are important as a homeowner are being taken care of. The things that maybe you forget about. Furnace, boilers, upgrades, and more. Johnstone Supply in Troy. Check them out. 6th Avenue this spring. Uh, I've got some really long ones. Inside the walls. But DC has darker, uh, darker story that Marvel won't touch. Marvel to Disney. Well, besides Deadpool, which comes out later this year. And Moon Knight, the TV series. So a lot, of the, a lot of what Disney will do is, well, Marvel, is they'll put the darker stuff on the apps and not release it to the theaters. But you're seeing they, they've got like little subsidiary companies now that they're kind of hiding behind. Or they're working with Sony. You know, stuff like that. Because, like, Venom's pretty freaking dark. And that is a Marvel movie, even though it's with Sony. So, I, you're right. DC can be darker. However, Disney has never seen a dollar they didn't want to take out of your pocket. And if they've got to find a sneaky way to make darker Deadpool movies and X-rate, well, not X-rate, but R-rate, they'll do it. They'll find their way. Trust me. I'm, I was a Disney dad for a short period of time. I had to go to rehab for it. So... <laughs> Who was there? Just other dads like wearing Mickey Mouse ears? Like, have I gone too yeah. far? It was like that commercial where like he's telling people not to become their parents. It's like, let's not talk about leaving the game before it's over. Where it's like, <laughs> but but I need this coffee mug. You do not need a fifty dollar Mickey Mouse coffee mug. Another a, a two dollar. You you can go get a twenty dollar Deathwish coffee mug, and it's still a little it's pricey, but at least it's cool. Like, all right. Fine. Uh, let's go. These are some long ones here today. All right. Dammit McClain wrote in about his Jets in the NFL combine. Guys, the perfect draft for the Jets fan would be safety Kyle Hamilton, who he actually was in that mock draft recently at the number yeah. four spot. Wide receiver Drake London from USC at 10. And then trading up with two second round picks back into the first round for Lyndon Baum, the center from Iowa. Hopefully, Becton and Lawson can both come back healthy to basically have a new first-round left tackle, defensive end, center, wide receiver, and safety. Okay, two of those things can happen. I think the third one is a little too much fantasy Madden booking. Uh, but yeah. you could get London and you could get Hamilton. I feel like the Jets walking away on a Thursday night with three really good first-round draft picks might be too much out of Mr. McClain there. I mean, it could it could happen. I, I'm trying to think of, like, Douglas. Like, he – it doesn't that last move doesn't sound like something he would do. I don't think he's going to give up two players for one player because how how look the roster is better than it was, but it's not good enough to give away a good player. And I think a lot of these guys look at that first three 
maybe four, some guys first five rounds are guys that should start this year, right? I don't see Douglas giving away one. You know, I, I, I see him, if anything, I could see him trading back, like taking that 10th pick, trading back and getting extra picks. But Monday makes me nervous. The big fellow from USC, he makes me nervous. I'm not sure. I'm just not sure what he is. Is, is, is he fast enough? Is he big enough? Is he strong? Like, I don't know what, I don't know what he is in the NFL game. And when you've got a, a, a questionable quarterback in, in Wilson, is can he be like another tight end safety blanket tech? Can he be a Plaxico Burris type? I, I don't know. I don't know if he works for the Jets, to be honest with you. I don't know if I have some type of like USC hatred or I'm just not a fan of the Trojans. Maybe it's because of like just a quick window. I liked Reggie Bush. I feel like the, I don't know, resentment's not the right word, but the pushback I have for USC football is that anytime anybody has like a game or two that's good, oh my God, they're the greatest prospect of all time. Draft them every, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. like that happened with Sam Darnold. Like people went nuts about like a couple good games for Sam Darnold. He's the greatest quarterback prospect ever. Drake London had a couple good games and got hurt. They're like, oh, he's the best wide receiver in football. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I remember Taylor Mays. I don't know if you remember that name, but he was like a 6'3 safety. And everyone's like, oh, my God, he's the greatest safety ever. Why did Pete Carroll rip him? Okay, he didn't really play that. USC guys get so hyped so fast. And I know our pal Mike James is probably laughing somewhere. Shout out to him and his wife with the daughter and everything else. But he <laughs> used to love to rip USC quarterbacks and just bunch him in. I get your critique of London. Was he just good for a few well, games? Can he actually play? I think that's a fair critique. Well, especially, like, I don't feel the way you feel about USC about all the positions, but wide receiver. Like, is Keyshawn the last, like, really, really good USC wide receiver in the NFL? Like, they don't – I'm sure there's somebody I'm not – well, Juju, right? Juju, Robert that. Woods got hurt. I mean, those guys are not, no doubt, best in the league. They're good wide they're, receivers. I wouldn't take them 10. No. I wouldn't take him tenth in the draft. Like, I, and, and look, it's not maybe that's not fair, but I think there's to your point, like the USC bias. I think I have that. I think I do have that, especially when it comes to wide receiver. Kyle left this one as a direct message. You can leave them public, Kyle. Read them whether they're public or yeah, private. Don't, but don't be or a appreciate you. Yeah. Don't be hey a guys, you get offered ten million dollars, but every year Aaron Donald hunts you down and punches you. Could be at any time, anywhere. Any place are you taking the money? And he How many shared years? a picture of Aaron Donald on that, looking jacked out of his mind. How many years? Like this is, I, can't I believe it's for the year. rest of your life. No, not for the well, actually 10 million. Yeah. Once a year? Could be the testicles. Yeah. I, I probably would prefer that to the face. Like he but like bust that dude's gonna bust your brains. Like he's gonna bust your brains. <laughs> you know what you gotta do? You gotta be one of those guys who figures out like how to take a punch and hurt the guy's hand. So it's just a little bit worse for him every year. Like you ever see that in the old boxing movies where the guy like leans forward and got bust his knuckle on his forehead or something? Yes. So you gotta like, sure, you're gonna be concussed like a mother after that year, but after that, never the same. Ten million, I, I basically you never have to work. Your job for the that rest of your life is to get punched. You're gonna, he, he's getting older too. He's gonna, you gotta hope that he's like slowed down considerably by the time you're like seventy, because that's what, what you're, you're dead. But you can never sleep, though. Like, Aaron Donald could be coming to your house at 2 o'clock in the morning. He busts in. He's only going to hit you once. I'd rather be asleep. Why would you want to be awake for that? Your job, guys, your job for the rest of your life. You have $10 million. Think how hard it's going to be for us to accumulate $10 million. Like, in your life right now, you you probably haven't made a million dollars yet. I I would say you haven't. 
$10 million the rest of your life, you work one day a year and recovery. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, and you, you know what you can do? You can train the box the rest of the year just to take that punch a little easier. I guess that's all right. You know what? If they didn't give me the picture of Aaron Donald, maybe I would have been quicker to agree to this. Yeah. I'll take the punches then. Fine. Plus, he seems like a very nice guy. I, never, I think I think every so often you just get a good Charlie horse and he walks away laughing. You know what, Levesque? We never got to hit these comments either. I'll run through them quick because your post went up on Wednesday. Oh no, it was Tuesday. Uh, it doesn't matter. We didn't go to any of these. A lot of people are fans of the Bachelor, aka the Bachelor idea. <laughs> Sally wrote, "I don't want to watch the Bachelor, but I'll watch this." Uh, our guy Mike wrote in. Rumor has it the heavier people are harder to kidnap. We're just being safe with this contest. You're Zachary welcome. wrote, "Warmer weather in the winter too." Beth wrote, "Do it." Somebody would be lucky to have a date with you, Levesque. A lot of good feedback about the Bachelor rather than the Bachelor on Facebook. It's listen. It is. It's a more compelling show. Let's just be real, right? Like I watched, I watched the Tinder swindler last night. No, I did. Have you seen it? I, my wife is watching Love Is Blind season two, so it was between one of those two, and she went without it oh. instead. It's like it's almost two hours long, and I I didn't think I was going to watch it. It just happened to it. Just whatever. I, I had a reason. I, I'm not going to talk about it. I, I was influenced by another. Um, I I'm watching. I'm just I'm I'm watching this, and it's like here's a good looking dude who has a lot of money and people are swiping right. Oh my God. That's so shocking. Like in the bachelor, it's always like these, like just, just really good looking dudes. Like, and, and they get to be on TV for like that dude doesn't need TV to find a woman, right? You want to impress me, drop me in the middle of 20 beautiful women and, and, and find a way to make that work. That's what I'm saying. Oh, well, you know, he's funny. He's got a great personality. You know what that means? Like that's, that's what I'm saying. So the, that's how the Bachelor started, and the idea of of wings instead of roses, I think, is is just fun. Like everybody gets a wing. Plus, you can learn a lot from a woman, whether she likes drums or flats, and if she has the ability to eat a wing without making a full mess of herself, or even better, can she eat a wing without caring that she made a mess of herself? You learn that's a lot. Exactly you learn right. a lot about watching a woman eat a chicken wing. You you do. So it's just a great thing. You walk up him. Hey, hey, uh, you know. Susie, here's your here's your wing. Would you like to would you like another shot at the bachelor? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, and, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Brenda. And I just eat it in front of her. Get the fuck out. Get out. Here, <laughs> Get out of here. So we're only waiting on one person, Dan over at Hooters, who's been trying to ignore <laughs> our calls. Like, oh, I got a new phone and I changed my number and blah blah. Yeah, you guys are coming for March Madness, but what? We're on to you, Dan. I think this is the reason why. He knows how much success this would have. It would overflow Wolf Road. We're coming. Wow. Maybe, who knows? Actually, Episode one could be the Friday and March Madness when we're going to be there. I think you do it as a special. I think you just get a couple, like you do, you shoot it all like in one day and you cut it down to a special and you just put it up on the web. I think that's the way you do it. Because again, I don't like commitment. Um, I'll make it a series though. Weekly episodes will drop. <laughs> I am. I, I will say this too, like uh, so. Coach Manas is in town now, and he uh, we're sitting there, we're having you know we're, we're having dinner, and everybody's talking. And he goes, he looks at Mike. He goes, "This is the year we find Jeff a, a good girl. We find Jeff, you know, a girlfriend, a woman that he's gonna." I was like, "What the fuck did I do to you? <laughs> I've already had that. I've had, I had, I've had, I've had relationships. I don't like them. They're not good for you. I gotta listen to other people's opinions and theories all the time. Ugh, <laughs> ugh, gross." 
So, yeah. Well, so all of a sudden, everybody wants me to find a date again. Like, what the hell? It's all on you now, Dan. There's nobody else. <laughs> just you. All the pressure. Balls on. in your court, Boston Dan. Yeah. That is your name. That if was you go my to favorite Hooters, just walk, you walk up to Hooters and be like, why are you doing this to LeVac? Why, yeah, how could you do this you? to your friend? He, uh, he is having like some phone issues. So he finally started writing to Gaz and I again. And I started pretending I didn't believe it was him. I didn't realize that he was out. Like he's out of town for work. So he's out with a bunch of guys from work. And uh, he was, I think he was just drunk enough that he didn't realize I was messing with him. He's like, no, it's, it's really me. Like he was getting upset. It was fun. I enjoy messing with him. He usually catches it pretty quick. So is that it? Is it, can I go, can I go, make, can I go make a breakfast sandwich or something? Yes. You can go make a breakfast sandwich. I'm going to go watch Syracuse break my heart again. We are back Tuesday. Do you have any best bets for today? Uh, do I have any bets today? Uh, I have Colby Covington, just like you do. I have two parlays that I hit. Gaz in the go, 6-0 and the last two weeks on NBA picks, so I need Covington to win so I can cash in. Uh, nothing else I really like. I like staying away from this conference tournament week. Too much, too many bubble teams trying to score. If you bet anything in college basketball, bet some bubble teams today, but Covington is my play for today, just like you. All right. My, my bet is that uh, I make a breakfast sandwich right now. So. <laughs> See you Tuesday. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>